Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey everyone, this is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Welcome to the You're OK Mental Fitness Studio. I would like to thank our sponsors, Ned Siegfried, Luke Peterson, and Todd Bradford with Siegfried & Jensen, Mark Richards with Wasatch Recovery, Colby and McKenzie with Thread Wallets, Drew Peterson with First Digital, Greg Jackson with Mountain West Spine and Orthopedics, and Travis Whitaker, the owner of Living Recovery Interventions. And also, I'd like to give a shout out to Paul Cardall. The music that you hear at the beginning and the ending of these episodes is by Paul Cardall. He's an amazing person, and he's been one of my heroes for years. So thanks to all my sponsors and Paul Cardall for believing in me. I love you guys so much. Please enjoy this next episode. And we're back. We're with Ganolin Condi. Part two. Part two, folks. <laughs> or this reunion. How about reunion? Reunion, yeah. She's been on the show before, and i just like to welcome her and welcome all of you. Again, this is the Belief Cast, and I am Todd Sylvester, and I'm grateful to be able to sit here with you today. And, um, you know, you and I have connected over the years now, and it's just been fantastic. I really look up to all the good you're doing in the world. Thank uh, you. We were just talking about that off the air. But uh, for those of you who don't yeah, know. Yeah, Todd gave me a little free therapy <laughs> session. Let's be full disclosure. All right, full disclosure. Yeah, we were starting a little late for that yeah. reason. But you know what? It's good to to be able to, to bounce things off of each other. Yeah, and make talk sure about the heart thing. is open for yep. this conversation. Absolutely. And those of you who know her know that uh, she has a big heart. And there's no doubt about that. But uh uh, Gaina Lynn is a popular motivational speaker known for inspiring others with her unique honesty, which she's really bold. <laughs> you guys, she's, she's not afraid to say it like it is. Um, she's dedicated to her family. She's a woman of faith and she's got a really strong faith. It's always inspired me. Um, she's the host of the Real Talk Come Follow Me video series, uh, The Middle. Uh, she's written, I think is it 10 books now? 10, Ten. books. That's Number insane. 11 comes out December 2022. Yeah. Uh, and the, the most current one's called The Stewardship Principle. Which is your favorite. Why is, is it your favorite? Because I happen to be in a section of that yes, book. Yes, you are. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even tell you. I just did it. It went through all the editing, went to <laughs> went to publish, and then I was like, surprise, Todd, you're in the book. <laughs> I know. I thought that was funny. But uh, but it was, I was a, it was a delightful surprise. I was like, wow. I, I didn't think I was that cool, but you thank you for doing cool. that. Um, You're way cool. But I really appreciate that. The book's fantastic. Um, your your talks and books have encouraged thousands of people all over the world. You know, you do keynote speaking events. Uh, you've spoken at the prison. You've you've you help so many people in so many different areas, and that's the beautiful thing about you. Um, and I'm just grateful to be able to rub shoulders with you. I've been on your show as well. Uh, I think it was the middle mm -hmm. that I was on, and um, the yellow couch. The yellow couch, which was fantastic. But uh, why don't for those who maybe don't know you, um, give us a little background of maybe where you grew up, mm -hmm. and I know you've been through a lot in your life. I think last time we even talked about your sister, who um, 
died who, by su- who died by suicide. Yeah. And you, you're an advocate for suicide prevention now because of that. So that's another thing that you're doing and giving back. So give us, give our listeners a little background with you. Well, thanks for having me back yeah, on. And 100%, yeah. I'm excited for where we can like pick up from where we left off and then add to what has happened since we've been together. But I grew up in California. I'm the oldest of a lot of kids that came <laughs> via multiple marriages. Okay. So my sister that died by suicide and I were, that was my only full quote unquote sibling mm-hmm. from my mom and dad's marriage. And then they both remarried and had sets of kids. So I have a lot of amazing um, siblings. Uh, yeah. I have two siblings that have died. So two sisters that are buried by each other. I've been married 31 years. 31. We, 31. Congrats. Thanks. And we're recent empty nesters. It's a new <laughs> stewardship time yeah, of right. our lives. Um, yeah. Our our youngest just moved out to go to college and not too far down the road. So we see him on Sunday dinners. and So that's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I feel really grateful for the chance to be on this side of the pandemic, so to speak. I feel like yeah, we... Right we all within this space of mental health have seen kind of, I think we're in the cleanup process from that. Sure. Uh, This recently this year, um, the today show had me do an article and, and I just happened to see it trending again today because at the time of this taping, it's September and it's suicide prevention month and, and the queen has just died. I mean, that gives a timestamp. It's funny when my, the first release of the article came on the today show, Eddie Van Halen had just died. And I was, I was the top two story with Eddie Van Halen. And I said out loud to Meg, girl, (laughs) look at what we did. Yeah. And then I was just on the today show site today because the queen had just died. Yeah. And, there Meg and I are again. There it is. And yeah. the producer that an editor That's that awesome. helped me with the Today Show article, she just emailed back and she's like, oh, I was going to let you know. And anyways, I just I feel really grateful to be uh, one of the many voices in the mental health space. Yeah. And I really admire the work that you do, because I feel like especially within the work of addiction, it was part of Meg's story, too. Yeah. And it's so intertwined. When we talk mental health, we have to address addiction. And when we talk addiction, we have to talk mental health. Yeah, they go together. Yeah. yeah. So I, I feel like I feel like I'm, as Mother Teresa said, a small pencil in God's hand and yeah. I'm willing wow. to be used. Yeah. And and I also feel like there's there are complex issues that need complex solutions. So I feel like God needs all of us to speak up. Yeah. Whatever your stewardship is. So I you know, for me there's definitely a bio that can be read, but I don't think there's a person on the planet that doesn't have influence. Right. No, very and well. And can s- make an impact. Yeah, very well said and I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, I work with a lot of clients obviously who, you know, they've been to jail and prison and, you know, addictions blown up their lives and their families. And they'll often sit here and wonder, why am I going through all of this? And, and, I, and, I, and if, I, if I paint kind of like a broad brush over that whole thing, I say, you went through this so you can be in a position to give back to someone else. Which is exactly why right? I put you in the book. Yeah. I mean, that is literally <laughs> the principle I wanted to illustrate. When I went to go write that section, I uh-huh. was like, what's the, mm-hmm. what's the gift in the pain? Yeah. And you are at the top of the list of oh, yeah. people that have taken their stewardship of addiction yeah. and given back from that space. Yeah. 
And that's really the, you know, it's interesting when people ask, you know, if they've never heard about the word stewardship or they right. don't understand that principle at all. I've been studying it for 10 years. Yeah. And God literally had put it on my heart that a couple years ago, you know, you probably need to put that in book form. <laughs> yeah, so right. <laughs> it's a lot to write a book, as you know. Oh, man. And it's a good year of your life. Like, I feel like I have 11 years of my life that I don't get back because they're in book form now. <laughs> oh, right. So whatever conversion that is. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started just teasing it by talking about it on Real Talk and... Mm -hmm. I yeah. was on the Lemonade podcast, and yeah. it's a great podcast. Yeah, I was actually just on hers. Oh, you were? Yeah, she hasn't posted it yet, but I was on, I don't know, about a month ago, okay. but I think we're a few months out. But okay. Yeah, I was excited. Yeah, and so I was on a few podcasts, and I just started talking about it and, and teasing people with the principle to see, did people understand what it was? What uh -huh. did it resonate? And it kind of blew up to the point where people were like, can I take you to lunch? Can you come talk to our book club? And then I knew God's like, could you just write it? Because right. yeah. I can hand someone a book. It's yeah. 68 pages. It's not overwhelming. Right. It covers, I think, business to health, to mental health, to yeah. everything. And um, but I was hesitant because it's such a simple principle, but it but it's complex enough. And I wanted to write it from a place like if you if you had never heard of it, you would understand it. And if you had heard of it, could you use this book to expand the application in your own life? Yeah. And the okay. feedback I've gotten, it's, it's been out since May 2022, is that it, it did that. Like yeah. readers that have never heard of it have reread it like multiple times and others that wanted to take me to lunch now are like, oh, okay, this is what you mean. Yeah. But I do have people already asking for like, when's the updated version or like, what's the, what is that called in book world? Like a dish, second edition second being released. Second edition, I guess. Yeah. I was like, well, can we make it a year with the first edition before we start talking second edition? Yeah. But I honestly, when I sit down to write, it's hard. Like I can speak it easier than I can right. write it. Uh huh. And I pray a lot when I write and it feels like, you know, I bleed on the keyboard, so to speak. Yeah. Literally, it feels right. that. Heart and soul into it. And I it. remember I was like, hey, God, who who's an example of right there at the beginning? Like if you're the reader is just still not clear, like, wait, how can the bad stuff in my life be good? And God's like, you know, a perfect example, Todd, that is so Todd. <laughs> so I had to take oh, your thanks. really big, beautiful story and try to edit it down to put it in there in a way that I could have written a whole book on just, you know, the mm -hmm. stewardship of addiction. Yeah. Um, but I think it's such a perfect example of where you took, I, I've said this to you privately too. What I always love is that you, you carry all the love of that experience and not the shame of that experience. Yeah. I just was with a family, extended family member that has finally come out of some severe addiction. And I'm talking like multiple overdoses, homelessness. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Like we were just Heavy praying stuff. that if she died, we would find out where she was Yeah. and she's clean and she's married and she just had her first baby. Oh wow. And we just were sitting That's at awesome. lunch and the last time I was literally with her, she was in withdrawals and she just Man. said something to me about, I just said, your baby is so beautiful. She turned to me and she said, how could something so beautiful come from something so not perfect or something so yeah. perfect? 
and I could still feel the shame. It was still kind of there. Yeah. And so I whipped it around and I talked to her about you and I just oh, said, wow. listen, there's nothing about your journey mm-hmm. that warrants shame. Yeah. Like as perfect as you think this baby is, he's going to mess up. Yep. He's going to mess up big. <laughs> right. Yeah. And how lucky is he to have a mom that can turn to him in that space and say, yeah, I've been there. Yep. I know what it feels like to mess up and mess up and mess up and no one believe that you can get it together. Yeah. You're going to love and parent from that place. And I could see, because I, I wanted to beat it out of her. Like, don't yeah. let it take root. Yeah, right. It's one of the things I love about you is that, and to me, it's a signal of stewarding. Right. When you're in ownership, then like, sometimes you see people in recovery, right, that are in ownership of the recovery. Yeah. And that's, it's a gripping feeling. Right. And I always am like, stewardship doesn't mean you're not taking responsibility because ownership is kind of how I frame the book, right? Yeah, right. The voice of the owner at each chapter and the end of each chapter shows the voice of stewarding in the different stewardships. Like right. I talk chronic illness, parenting, marriage, education, all those things. Ownership to me is very like outcome focused. It's different than stewardship, which is very offering focused. Right. And I think especially when it comes to recovery, I've met a lot of people in recovery and when they're in ownership, it's very gripping. Yeah. And it becomes their whole identity. Yeah. Versus stewarding is, no, I didn't check it at the door. Yeah, I'm I'm in recovery. Yeah. But it's not all of who I am either. Yeah. Well, and I, you bring up a really good point um, is, you know, when they, yeah, when they hold on to that and that's just who I am, I'm an addict. And I'll be like, well, when was the last time you used, you know? And it's like, oh, it's been several years. Well, what's interesting is I'll always ask, when did you start using? And I use the common answer is around 13, 14 years old, typically. Yeah. So just for, for, for this example, why can't you define yourself with the 13 years, the first 13 years of your life? From zero to 13, you weren't born a drug addict. You weren't born a criminal. You weren't born anxious or depressed. You were, you were the authentic you. Addiction, when you got caught up in that, you started pretending to be someone you're not. So so what you're really doing is now that you're past it now, like this girl you were referring to, you're now back to who you were before it ever started. Uh, Right? Why can't we define ourselves with that period of our lives? So how do you, what do you phrase that in the recovery world as... That um, awareness that you've had this experience. Yeah, I just, I basically just say, you're not an addict. You used to be, and you weren't born that way. So, really, when you say now, I'm clean, I love the word clean. It's like, I'm clean, it's over, it's done. I don't even like, I don't like the word sober because sober means the periods in between using. So, what I'm saying is, I'm in the period before I relapse. So, really, when I say no, I'm, I'm back to who I authentically was when I was born. Love, light, energy, beauty, strength, courageous. The list goes on and Ah, on and on. That's so brilliant. Right? But yet, we'll define ourselves for the rest of our lives with this period that I was an addict for 10 years. I know that's a long time, but it's still, no, that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. When I was in my addiction, and even this woman you're referring to, she was pretending to be someone she's not. It's (sighs) the best definition of depression I've ever heard. That's what depression is, is you're pretending to be someone you're not, and you're always left empty when you're pretending have you ever been interviewed on your own podcast? 
Um, I should come back and interview you on <laughs> the belief be cool. cast. We should do it. We should do it. Because I've be interviewed fun. thousands of people, and I'll just sit in your chair, and you sit over here. Because I'm down. I, I think that's a perfect example of what a stewardship mindset feels like. Yeah. Because you're not you're not intentionally aware right that you've had a an addictive experience right but you're in stewardship every day i know as a friend of yours mm-hmm. that you're very intentional every day stewarding over yourself your mental right. health and your life yeah so that you are staying in that more authentic light filled space right so exactly. you do very intentional things every day as a steward over your life exactly that is not phoning it in no. So when people push back, especially in corporate settings, uh-huh. when people ask me to come talk about stewardship, because yeah. ownership gets a lot of praise right now. Like, oh, yeah. take ownership. Take ownership of your life. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, listen, stewarding is not hands off. Stewarding isn't eyes closed. Right. Stewarding is very intentional. And it's not not taking responsibility. Right. But when you're in ownership, it becomes an over-identification of anything. Right. For good or bad. I mean, one of the things I try to show in the book, and I show it on my social media platforms, I try. Right, yeah. Is that my life is filled with a lot of stewardships. All of our lives are. Yeah. And some of them the world, like, praises me for, right? Like, oh, that's your last book. Oh, you're on TV again. Oh, you got this cool speaking opportunity. Oh, (laughs) your kids are so beautiful. That's when I get all the time. My kids are crack. (laughs) They crack me up because people stop them and they're like, hey, you're Gainalyn Condi's kids, right? Which luckily they're adults and they handle it really well, but it's a little freaky for them sometimes to get stopped by strangers and people recognize them. And 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 I say in the same way of like, yeah, all those things are true. I have a great husband. I have a cute dog. Yeah. I have a really old car that's been in the shop for two and a half weeks. <laughs> but I still get it cleaned and I yeah. take care of it. And yeah. it's old and it's falling apart. But I steward over it because yeah. it's in my care. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so sometimes on social media, we like, literally, we like people's posts for their good stewardships. Yeah. And then we sad face their posts when cancer diagnosis, divorce, um, kid hooked on heroin, you know, um, bankruptcy, still stewardships though. Yeah. I mean, still stewardships. So what I like to say is when you have a stewardship mindset, the good things are better because you don't over identify them either. Yeah. You and I were talking before we started taping all the stuff you out in the public think is awesome in my life can be gone in a heartbeat. Yeah, totally. And if I over identify in it, I I do try to give myself permission to grieve when some of those good things change. Oh, absolutely. But I also try to stay in stewardship and not over identify because my shows, my book sales, the views on whatever, my speaking requests are not who I am. Right. It's what you do and who you are makes you good at what you do. Right. That's why you're so good at it. But also, <laughs> that's why the hard things. Yeah. You know, I don't think I don't think anyone wants to go through bankruptcy or job loss. Right. But I I write about pretty openly that through job loss stewarding I learned to really appreciate paying tithing in my church. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the only, uh, my faith is not the only faith that does tithing. Right. Right. But 
I realized that like I I missed the opportunity because there wasn't income coming in. Yeah, right. Well, but also my bills are a stewardship. Like everyone gets excited when your stewardship is a raise or yeah. a promotion. <laughs> right. Right. When yeah. all of a sudden you make a ton of money for some reason. Yeah. But what if you don't have enough money in the bank account to pay the bills? I've learned a lot in stewarding over the bills. Yeah. Or my chronic illness. Like people are like, oh, your body. And I'm 51. I'm not afraid to like, I'm very perimetopausal. <laughs> I've gone through a lot of chemo. I've gone through a lot of physical change. What used to work in stewarding my body doesn't work as great. Mm-hmm. I do the same intentional exercising yeah, and eating right. and supplements. And it's not having the same effect. It just isn't. Yeah. If I go into ownership, then my neighbor who's training for a marathon or is 30 years younger than me or, you know, whatever that is, the story in my head becomes very outcome focused Yeah, instead of offering. Which maybe leads to I'm not good enough. Right. right? Then why move my body? Why take care of myself? Why get a massage? Why whatever? And so I'm just suggesting lupus as a stewardship, which I talked about last time I was on the show a a little more extensively, has taught me a lot about stewarding a a physical body. Yeah. And I think when you look at eating disorders or addiction, I think it's an ownership trap of the body versus a stewarding experience with a body. Yeah. Wow. Very well said. Uh, You you guys, this is why you need to get the book. (laughs) No, seriously. Like there is so many good nuggets in there and principles that that will really open your eyes to all of this information. And and again, it really opened my eyes because I was I was always one take ownership, ownership. be the owner, you know. But but when you really break it down like that, it's like, oh, I didn't realize what that can actually do in a negative way. I mean, I have to take ownership that I once blew up my life with addiction. Okay, I can own that, but I'm not going to own that I'm a drug addict and criminal the rest of my life. Right. Right? Right. You know? And You're a steward over that experience. I'm a steward over the experience. Why I put exactly. you in the book. Yeah. Because you literally haven't hidden that experience. Yeah. You're a steward over it, so you've taken it. And mm-hmm. maybe some people in your audience are not like, well, great, you and Todd are writing books and doing podcasts and speaking about your hard experiences. I have people come up after I speak at events mm-hmm. and they say, well, well, I, you know, my husband just died by suicide or I, I just got clean, right? Yeah. I, I want to do what you're doing. And I'm like, do you? Why Why do you want to do it? Yeah. The reason I'm doing it, I'm clear of my why. And I have to keep going back to it when it gets dicey. Because it gets dicey <laughs> all the time. Boy, all the I time. was just confessing yeah. to you some of the dicey <laughs> thinking, right? Totally. So I always say to people, just because the world of podcasting is out there and Etsy stores are out there and YouTube channels are out there and everyone's writing a book and publishing a book, that doesn't mean that's the only way you can steward over something. What if you've come through recovery or a divorce or a cancer diagnosis and the way you steward that is your neighbor yeah you go on a walk with your neighbor and you sit with your neighbor like to me like god is god is so grateful for those conversations man you know i gotta share this because that reminds me when you say it like that which is so beautifully said and I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to do my best. I had uh, a client here share this with me, and I'm not sure who said this. It's not for me. So there's a different auth- uh, author of this quote, but it goes like this. And you may have heard it before. Um, I tried to find myself, myself I could not see. 
I tried to find God, my God eluded me. I tried to find my brother, and I found all three. <sighs> wow. Right? Todd, you make me cry every single time, <laughs> which is why he's such a great interviewer, I'm going to just say, because you oh, lead out you. with that vulnerability. But, but, that, so but, true. but that's just what you're saying. is like so Take a walk with your neighbor. You know, if you're trying to find who you are, if, you, if you're struggling connecting with your higher power, whatever that may be for you, go find your brother or go walk with that yeah. neighbor and you'll find all three in that, in that experience. I just did an Instagram live and someone was asking about unanswered prayers, right? And they're like, what do I do? It's been like five years. And I'm like, listen, I see glimpses of God when I don't hear him and it's one bar of connection with him yeah and every third word is bagels <laughs> no seriously todd i just went through nine months of this and i finally had words for it i was like You're god so wasn't completely gone but it was like one bar of reception every third word from god was bagels and i was like why is god saying you are a daughter of bagels i don't understand what god's trying to tell me right you know when you're in that phase uh, yeah. it's i saw god in the friend that would call and just sit with me yeah. you know or praise music where you know nathan pachenko would sing in italian and right. that's where god was like yeah. trust me i didn't get all the answers to all the questions yeah. so yeah I mean, I just would, I just hesitate when I had a woman a few months ago after I finished speaking, she came up and said, like, I want to give back like you're giving back. My husband killed himself in front of me on Thanksgiving. Wow. And I said, okay, so what's your question? She's like, well, how do I do what you do? And I said, well, tell me what you're doing for you right now. It's been less than a year, right? Yeah. She said, well, I'm a teacher. And I said, okay. And she goes, and I went back to teaching. It was the pandemic. I had to. I said, okay. And you're meeting with a therapist? Yeah. And I said, so I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> what are you not doing to give back? She's like, well, should I be doing more? I said, should you be doing more? I said, the fact that you're like here, you're showing up for your students totally. and you go to therapy, you're rocking it, girl. Yeah. So we need to kind of redefine what stewarding looks like. Like yeah. sometimes I think we think if you're not on the front of a magazine or a Today totally. Show article yeah. or writing a book. And I, I'm being honest. Like I check myself all the time mm -hmm. because I don't, I do want to steward in those spaces that I feel yeah. God's called me, but I don't want to over identify. Yeah. I mean, in, in Buddhist terms, it would be like detachment, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and to me, that's what I really aim for each day of like, God, let mm -hmm. me be a steward over the hard stuff and the good stuff. Yeah. Well, and it's a great point you make. No one's going to write a book about you walking your neighbor around the block. No one. But yet that's a true act of greatness. And, and that's the tough part. You might not have people applauding you for doing that. But at the end of the day, like we said, if you want connection, if you want to feel God in your life, Go walk around the block with your neighbor. Man, I was just sitting in a hot tub with a few of my friends late at night after a really tender week for all of us for different reasons. Right. And I, I've been in very sacred spaces. There hadn't been more sacred spaces than that hot tub yeah. because <laughs> right. of the vulnerability because being of what? shared. Mm, yeah. The women holding space for my stories. 
Yeah. No one gave us an award for that. It's no one posted about it. No one liked it. It yeah. didn't have 5 million views. It didn't go viral. Yeah. And, and honestly, after that event, all of us got hit within a week with other hard things. And it, I looked back and thought, wow, God was in that. Right. Totally. God knew exactly that we all totally. needed a collective breath. Totally. We all connected. We all sat together, held space for each other. And that to me, I mean, you teach it all the time. That's the anecdote to addiction, right? Is connection. Yeah, absolutely. And so when we steward in each other's lives, you know, when I have a neighbor that stops by and brings me a swig because she knows my baby just moved out and went to college. Totally. No one, no one needs to know that, but, but God knows that. Yeah. And whatever you believe about God, right? Yeah. Like I, I, when you're struggling to fill the connection because you only have one bar of connection and it's bagels. Yeah. <laughs> like look around at that. It's the yeah. guy at the drive through that yeah, was totally. kind to you totally. or, or it's the friend that, I mean, I've, I've had you reach out at times and I'm like, mm -hmm. that tells me that God's aware of me because yeah. Todd reached out. I can't hear God, but right. Yeah. So is there a purpose in your pain? Is there the yeah. gift in what you've gone through so that the stewardship of, whatever it is instead of going to shame ask god where you're going to share it yeah and where that might be may not be on a global stage and, and it, that's well it might just be with your neighbor and that might be the impact you need or with your kids you know like when i was in this space the last nine months mm -hmm. in my own spiritual journey yeah what really helped one day is when i realized um i needed to talk more openly because from the outside people see me as a very faith content creator person that has like a special phone with God that he calls me daily and we chat all the time. Yeah. People really see that like, and I do get those downloads usually on behalf of someone else, not for my own stuff. Yeah, right. Um, but I don't have some direct fiber optic line, <laughs> right. you know, and, yeah. and I realized my kids needed to hear my own vulnerability in mm -hmm. my own wrestle because of the business yeah. I'm in. I've said if I was a florist, it would be fine. But scary when you get on a camera once a week and talk about God and you're in the God business and you're not sure God's hearing you. <laughs> That's yeah. scary. So one day I realized my kids are going to go through that. Yeah. So I said to them, hey, guess what? <clears throat> Mom's not doing great. And it's been going on for a lot of months. And I've been doing all the stewarding, all the intention, you're supposed to be doing. all the tools, yeah. all the darts, the dartboard. I don't know the reasons and I don't know the answers, but I know you're going to go through it too. So yeah. if you, when you do just know you're fine and normal and I'm here yeah. yep. and that alone, yeah. if it didn't help anyone else as a mom, yeah. because honestly, like one of the stewardships we haven't talked about yet, parenting adult kids, no joke. Yeah. It's no joke. Right. It's a lot of, <laughs> yeah. it, there's not proximity. Yeah. You're not pouring yourself into them. Yep. You don't get to decide where they're sleeping, who they're playing with, who their teachers are, when they go to the dentist, what yeah. they're eating. Yeah. And so are it they, redefines uh, yeah. the, the stewardship of parenting in a, in a weird, cool way. Yeah. Well, it's got the pros and cons, it's right? It's got with, pros and cons. It just does. And it does. Some, some of it's nice. Other times it's not so much. You're like, I want to tell my daughter this, but... They're, you know 20, what? they're 25 yeah. and you know what the, you know what they're an adult now do i say something yeah. do I? you know it's just yeah it's a weird dynamic but yet there's also some really beautiful things watching them grow yeah. and learn from the mistakes yeah. or learn like 
oh yeah, I've got to manage my money a little better. Yeah. I didn't really realize that, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, no, very well I, said. I write about some hypotheticals that aren't so hypothetical, but they were my son's journey. And <laughs> yeah. like uh, the book came out and some yeah. of those situations have now changed yeah. a little bit for him. But sure. I went to him in May when the book came out and said, yeah. Cam, how have we effectively or ineffectively stewarded as parents of adult children? And you know what he said? <laughs> he goes, honestly, mom, the most effective stewarding is when you're saying nothing. And I'm like, dude, you know, people pay me to speak like, like that's my business. Right. And so it's hard to bite my tongue at times, but yeah. really, especially with, within the realm of parenting, when they're, 18 and older yeah. it is a lot of advisory role waiting for them to come to you Absolutely. cheering them on and saying i trust you yeah. you're gonna figure it out yeah but but i also think that's where vulnerability is super effective because i also think that i've watched my son say hey these are the things i'm learning about me and his dad turn around and go yeah you know i wish i had known that and you're helping me like it's a cool stage to go in but it's a hard stage too yeah totally i most often i see grandparents crying when i'm speaking and it's cuz they're in some regret that they didn't steward perfectly when yeah. the kids were younger and yeah, that's I why i should have done this yeah the cake recipe didn't turn out exactly yeah and and what i say is like we know better when we do better and and that. to me, when grandparents sit down and go, guess what I'm learning about? I'm learning about vulnerability. I'm learning about stewardship. I read this book and I think I went into ownership in your life a lot. Like I tried to make your choices about how effective I was as a parent. As a parent, yeah. I and think I, that's very common. And I'm super yeah. sorry for that. Can we have a different conversation about that? Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Like when a grandparent says at 70, I'm seeing things different that my parents didn't ever have conversations around addiction. And so yeah. I went into ownership with your addiction and I'm so sorry about that. You yeah, know? Right. Wow. That is so common. And, and, and again, this, that's why this book's so awesome. Thanks. It just gets real. And I think that's what makes you so good is just, again, the honesty. You're not afraid to just speak it like it is. And I think that's why people resonate with you so much. Thanks. Tom. You know what I mean? Same. Yeah. Right well, back with thank you. you. I, yeah, I don't know. We, we definitely, uh, um, have a lot in common. I know. Yeah, it's really I do cool. want to come back and interview you on your okay. show. <laughs> we'll do that. I know you've shared a lot of your own story in all your other interviews, but yeah, there's I a, really didn't yeah. put, I didn't put you in the book hoping to get a shout out or be on the show again, but I mean, I'm glad to be here, but no, it's honored it, to have you here. It really is to me one of the most powerful places where we can teach. It's adult parenting and addiction to me are two of the stewardships that people get it. If I only have 30 seconds to explain, yeah, I'm like, do you see where ownership and parenting destroys and blows up the bridge in the relationship? Yep. And why ownership and addiction totally. is so shame heavy? Yeah, yeah. And really, in both places, there's so much opportunity to give back. Yeah. And to make more of what could be considered hard stuff yeah. better, you know? Yeah. And you know what? I don't like, listen, I want to just say this so that no one in the audience gets it wrong. I don't have it all figured out. Like, you look at the yeah. title of all 11 of my books. Yeah. Those aren't check marks of like, I don't ever have to practice it again. Right. Because I wrote a book already about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, the reason it's called a principle is because I practice it. Yeah. And I slip into ownership literally every day. 
The reason I wrote the book with the voices at the end of each chapter is because that's one way I signal to my brain yeah. that yeah. I've slipped into ownership. I love that. Last yeah. night I went to bed in ownership. Yeah. I It was on a professional s- stage yeah. that I was in some comparisons. Yeah. And I also realized that some of the tears I was crying was because I was also being a good steward. I wasn't in ownership. I, I've really taken serious yeah. the stewardships I feel I've been entrusted with. Yeah. And I was wrestling, have I messed them up? Yeah. And the truth is, there's not a formula. I can't tell a parent that's struggling or a professional that's business is failing, well, you mess that up as a steward. There's not a pass or a fail. Like, what is hopeful to me about stewarding is you keep showing up. Yeah. And sometimes in the stewardship, the, there's an answer of a no yeah. or an ending yeah. or a business shuts down or yeah. a divorce happens. Yeah. That doesn't mean you stewarded wrong. Exactly. So I guess yeah. I just want to emphasize yeah. that, that when it's a principle, you're practicing it. You don't yeah. arrive on a map yeah. and like, oh, now I'm always, no, right. I've been practicing this principle for 10 years before I even had the courage to write it in a book yeah. because, man, I, I figured out a lot as a parent and then they became adults. Right. And then yeah. I was like, whoa, Hello. I don't know what I'm yeah. doing, you know? Here we gotta, yeah. yeah. So um, beautifully said. And I, I, as you're talking here and I look at the work you've done over the last 10, 20 years of your life, you're really, you're creating and building a legacy. And, and and here's what I mean by legacy, because a lot of people think, I'll ask the question a lot, what, what is a, how do you build a legacy? How do you leave a legacy? And people say, well, be a good person, help others, which I totally agree with. But that doesn't necessarily leave the legacy. What leaves the legacy is you write your story down. And that's what you've been doing. I mean, all your writings, everything, it's, it's a piece of you, the things that you've learned that will be here 100 years from now. And you'll be helping someone. You're not even here. That's how you leave a legacy is because you have written things down. Obviously, we have things that are recorded now. And but but your story is down on paper that will be there forever. And that how cool is that? Thinking 100 years from now, some parents reading the stewardship principle going, wow, where has this been? I needed to hear that today. I'm going to be I'm going to look at my parenting a little differently because of what Gaina Lynn put down Thank on paper. You. So that's what I see. You're leaving Thank a legacy. Thank you. Thank it's you. Beautiful. That means a lot because yeah. there feels like a, a fluidity and mm-hmm. a fragileness maybe is a better word yeah. to life. And yeah. maybe it's just the st- season of life I'm in right yeah. now with my baby leaving. But yeah. I've been in a lot of contemplation this year Sure. of like, yeah. where have, where have I been making deposits and mm-hmm. what does it mean and yeah. was it worth it? Because I think anyone can relate that the minute your baby leaves, you go, oh, come back. We'll do more coloring and right. Legos. Why was I yeah. so busy doing I whatever know. I thought why I was, was I doing? caught up in that? I guess that's why we get to be grandparents, I right? I think so, yeah. You're already ahead of me on that. Yes. Shout out to my kids. Yeah. We've already, <laughs> no pressure, but pressure. Oh, no. Hey, being a grandparent is the greatest. The greatest. It really is a 
you know, I struggled with the word, you know, being a grandpa. Like, I'm not a grandpa. Yeah. I don't feel that old, but I'll tell you, it's really, truly the greatest thing ever. Because I think you're, you, you just get to show up in love. You just show up. There's no pressure yeah. per se. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot different. But again, I think that's how life is. We're, we're all doing the best we can with the stage of life that we're in. Yes. And that, honestly, right? the, the closer I get to this stage and, and my kids leaving, it's helped me how to have empathy for like my parents and why my mom Total. cries every time yeah. I call her. I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, friend, for your kindness oh, and hey. your generous spirit. No, you're, and you're awesome. Letting me have this conversation with you. I like, Absolutely. I love writing a book because it lives long on someone's shelf and yes. it can get passed on. Passed on. But there's nothing like having a conversation for, sure. for me so I know. I'm thank the you no, you're welcome <laughs> if someone wants to get your book yeah. um what's the best way for them to do that and also if they want to get in touch me? with you yeah. yeah so i have the strangest name i'm the only one at this point that i know that has my name so love, it's gainolin with two l's and that's my website gainolin.com and so it has links to all the social media platforms that i'm on i love hearing from people directly it also has links to where to find the book amazon on Seagull oh, nice. Desert Book, yeah. sometimes Costco and Barnes and Noble. Right. Um, but it's all right there on gainalin.com. That's the easiest way to right. to find all the to get clicks. It all. Yeah. yeah. And I'll put that in the show notes Great. so they'll be able to link right yeah. to it. And and I can't wait for this to go live. And, Thank you. But yeah, you're an awesome human being. You grateful are too. that we know each other. Yes. And uh, I was grateful to run into you at my daughter's wedding. I, I like, know. Hey, it, you, it felt like so a cool. little nod. Did yeah. we, we already had today's schedule. Yeah, we have already scheduled. And like, yeah. hey, it's good to see you. But yeah, yeah I, I love. Because I'm a hugger. And so we could <laughs> hurry and hug really fast. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like those are God moments. So For sure. if your listeners are like, I don't yeah. see God, I don't know what yeah. they're talking about. Yeah. Find it in a song you hear or yeah. a conversation or listen to this podcast. Cause yeah. or he's go, real. Or go find your brother and you'll find yes. all three. All three. That's Man. brilliant. Isn't that brilliant? Yes. When he said that, I was like, I literally started to tear up. I'm like, that is Which so is beautiful. exactly why when you're struggling and you feel disconnected from yourself and or God, you really draw from others it's also the opposite of that so yeah, right. it's the remedy and it's exactly. the and the result true? so yeah. true yeah well that was it's been a pleasure to have you Thanks, here today Tom. so good to see good you to be here keep up all the good work thank you love you love you love you guys too for listening and always being here for me uh share this with everyone you know please go get her book it's beautiful you'll love it and uh, it'll teach you a lot of good things that you can pass along to your own family and, and your neighbor. Go take your neighbor for a walk. <laughs> but love you guys. I appreciate all that you do. And uh, until next time, take care. Good job, brother.